This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So there's a lot going on in value investing right now with growth soaring to new heights. It's leaving us in the dust, right? It may seem hopeless for us right now, but believe it or not, there are still buying opportunities in value. You might have to dig deep, but you can find them because I've been finding them. So I want to share this story with you because it's a good story about what it takes to be a value investor right now when growth is in not just a bull market right now, but kind of a mania at the moment. So this is when it becomes very difficult to be the value investor, to hold on, to not cave in and to stick the course. So this is a good story. So I run the Zacks Value Investor Portfolio here at Zacks, as most of you know, and it holds between 20 and 25 positions. So today on September 2nd, I sold out of a stock with a gain of 111% in the portfolio. And this stock isn't one of our long-term holdings because we do hold for several years or even a decade if, if we can in the portfolio. But no, this is a stock I added during the pandemic on April 9th, 2020. And I just sold out of it today for 111% gain. So let's talk about what it is. So the company's name is Immune Therapeutics. AIMT is the ticker. And it has developed a therapy to treat peanut allergies. So it's not a vaccine, it's not a cure for peanut allergies, but it's just a therapy. But it brings peace of mind to parents, especially those who have kids where it's a severe reaction to the allergy. So what it does is it buys the parent time to get help to the child if they are exposed. Um, so that the uh, exposure you know, they can get the EpiPen and they can treat it before it turns, uh, you know, it becomes more severe. So this is the first FDA approved therapy in the United States and millions of kids actually have the peanut allergy. So this is a big deal. And a competitor recently tried to get FDA approval on a similar therapy that they were developing, but it failed. And they revealed that it would probably be up to two years before they would be able to get something through the FDA and approved. So meanwhile, a, uh, Immune Therapeutics had its own you know, approval and it was starting to roll out this therapy to the allergists because that's who's going to prescribe it, right, to the patients. But then the coronavirus pandemic struck. And as we know, nobody was going to see their doctors. Everybody was at home. Uh, most, you know, non-essential uh, medical facilities were shut and that include the allergists. And so the rollout was and has been delayed. So immune wasn't making money during this time and rollouts of any kind of therapy, new medical product, new drug are very expensive. You have marketing, you have to hire sales teams, you have to make it known to your target audience, which in this case was the allergists. They have enough cash to last them through the year as they started to roll it out and get some revenue in from sales. But 
the pandemic did delay all of this. So the market was basically disappointed in their last earnings report, which came during the middle of the pandemic when they couldn't really do anything. And so while the shares got crushed down on the coronavirus sell-off and then recovered a bit, they were sinking again over the last couple of months and they were nearing their coronavirus lows. So even as recently as uh, a week ago, they were down 64% year to date, but still the future looked bright. They have the only FDA approved therapy. That's not gonna go away. Just a matter of executing and getting it out to the people who need it the most. But then on Monday, August 31st, Nestle stepped in to acquire them at $34 a share. The value investor had bought in April at 16.14, and the stock had traded the week before as low as, I think it was $11.99 before this announcement to acquire them at $34. So even the week before, it looked pretty dark. And I was writing to the subscribers of the value investor trying to cheer them on that it was undervalued here and it was a bargain and trading around $12 was absurd considering that they were the only one with the FDA approved um, therapy. So we weren't the only ones who thought it was absurd. So did Nestle and stepped in to just get them um, at the $34. So what kind of, lessons do you learn from something like this? There's a lot of them. Um, we didn't own it super long in the portfolio before our patience was rewarded. This doesn't always happen. In fact, this is like one of, uh, you know, two times or whatever that it's even happened in the last years. But still, we still had to have patience as it was declining as everything else in the market seemed to be soaring as the zooms of the world were taking off and going up 30 percent in a single session immune therapeutics was down 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 approaching its march coronavirus sell-off lows even with this therapy so it's really hard to stay the course on a stock like this when you have everything else surging around you but value just means it's being ignored by the market. And immune, while it didn't have any earnings yet, so it didn't have a typical PE, its fundamentals were being ignored by the market. And we were ultimately rewarded by Nestle's buyout. So the value investor has two other big winners right now that are breaking out. Both have been ignored by the street for several years. One of them we didn't buy until the end of December, and the other one we bought this last spring, and they are considerable winners. I'm not gonna say what they are though, <laughs> but I'm pretty proud to have some of these in there right now because it's really hard to find the value that is, um, you know, has the momentum, but we were able to do it because finally, the investment world has discovered at least these two particular stocks. So do you have the guts to buy the ignored stocks or those that are going down versus the rally stocks, these momentum growth stocks? Um, because if you do, you will hopefully be rewarded. Now look at FANG, for instance, because 
Um, even looking at Fang, you can see where the value is, but a lot of people still don't want to buy it, even in Fang. So what are the Fang names that have been ignored? I think we all know, right? Well, for sure, the biggie is Facebook, ticker FB. And then maybe the second biggie might be Alphabet, ticker G-O-O-G-L. Now, I'm not saying that both aren't breaking out right here, because they are. Both have hit new all-time highs recently in this, you know, kind of growth stock mania. But really, compared to the other fangs, they have lagged seriously behind the returns of the others. And Facebook, given that it went public, what, in 2012, I believe it was, hasn't really lived up to its promise in terms of the shares. They're up considerably. Again, I'm not saying they're not. I own Facebook. Um, I didn't buy it on the IPO. I bought it a year or two after, at least, maybe three years after I started accumulating shares. But it hasn't, it's it's fine. I, I still own it. I haven't sold any. But it's not Netflix, which was the top stock of the last decade, right? So Alphabet, for instance, has a price to sales ratio right now of 6.8. But Netflix is at 11.2. And other big growth stocks like Microsoft which I also own, is uh, trading with a price-to-sales ratio now of 12.2. That's historically very high for, for Microsoft to trade at. So Facebook and Alphabet are relative values compared to the other FANG group, right? That's what I call those. They're not classic values. They don't have a PE under 15 and a price-to-sales ratio under one, like a classic value would have, but they're relative values compared to the rest of the market. And are being ignored somewhat by the rest of the market. But then you have some that are more the value plays and being ignored. Stocks like Intel, INTC is the ticker. Yes, they have fundamental issues in the business with the delay of that chip. That was a huge deal. Shares got knocked down pretty sharply on that. But they're still trading with a forward PE of 10.4 and you get a dividend of 2.6%. So there's some value there and shares while off those recent lows are still trending lower and they're not doing what Nvidia and some of the other chip makers are doing right now, right? For obvious reasons, because of their problems with, with the underlying business. But still, you can still find a value among the chip makers. Now, what about some other areas? What about housing? We talk about housing stocks nearly every week on this podcast, it seems, because they are still cheap and those earnings look fantastic. So they are on the Zacks Rank industry in the top 1% now on the Zacks Rank industry. And they're actually ranked number two. I didn't look to see who is number one, but they're number two. And that's because like, over half of them are Zach's rank number ones right now. A few have dropped down to number two, which is the buy, but that's only because they reported a while ago now. And so those estimates are getting a little older and they're due to report again in a couple of weeks here because they're like off the fiscal year. So still, I still like the number twos as well. So home builders got everything going for them right now with those strong housing sales and millennials, uh, geared towards buying over the next several years. The demographics are really good. So what do you, what one do you buy on the home builders? I always say this. I didn't even run a screen or anything. I just kind of looked at the list and I, I chose a John Blank 
type of method for the home builders. Don't be a genius on the home builders. You don't have to buy some obscure home builder you've never heard of to buy a good value stock here. So I chose Pulte Group. It's one of the largest ones. PHM is the ticker. PE is 10.8 and they do pay a dividend yielding 1% right here. So um, might want to take a look at the home builders. But what about another area that I've liked? And I haven't looked at it until recently, until right now. And I am interested and intrigued by it again. That's the fertilizers. So remember, the farmers have been um, in trouble the last couple of years. You had both the trade war issues. Then last year was the horrible weather in the Midwest that wiped out a large part of the crop there. And so that hasn't been good. The fertilizers haven't been purchased because the farmers haven't been doing that great. But that's all changed this year. And the supply demand metrics on the big potash fertilizer has been improving considerably. So we're getting a big crop this summer and fall because we didn't have the weather issues. So they're, they're putting out a big crop of both soybeans and corn, wheat. It's all going to be good. And the fertilizers are seeing the impacts already. So one of the top picks there you might want to look at is Nutrien, ticker NTR. This has always been my favorite one because it's on the agribusiness side, not just fertilizers. So it sells the seed and other um, agribusiness issues directly to the distributors and the farmers. And in their last quarter, they had super good free cash flow of $1.6 billion they had big digital innovation going on. So they've, they've adapted to online selling and this is big. So year-to-date sales have already been $700 million on the digital channel. They were only expecting 500 million in the first six months, but it was 700 million. So as this is adopted in agriculture, you're gonna see bigger gains. It's much more efficient and um, it's great for nutrient that they are innovating in this way. So that's a good sign. I like that. And um, on the fertilizer front, on the pricing, potash has been strengthening here in 2020. It will strengthen further, according to all the fertilizer makers and the farmers, into the second half of the year and into 2021. Those prices are going to rise. Then new nitrogen also is looking better, not quite as strong as the potash side, but Nitrogen is looking better. Only ammonia is lagging right now, according to the analysts. So this is all good developments for the earnings growth and sales growth of all the fertilizers, but especially nutrient that has exposure to several of the fertilizers. So that's all good. And with that free cash flow, they are still paying their dividend. They did not cut that um, in recent years. They have in the past when the potash prices really got low, they had to, but they're still paying it right now and it's yielding 4.8% right now. So quite a nice yield on this one. Now the shares did get a pop off this last earnings report as it is clear that the turnaround is happening. They're trading at 22 times, but those earnings should be rising. This is a commodity type play where you get the higher um, P.E. ratio when the turnaround starts to happen in the underlying commodity. So that's what we're seeing here. So don't expect to get the classic value of, you know, a 10 right here. You may get that later as those earnings uh, start to rise. 
but not right now. But I still like anything in the fertilizers. There's a couple others you might want to look into. There's Mosaic, MOS, and there's the Andersons, which also has, although I thought they were spinning it off like a rail component and a couple other things going on with the Andersons, but they're much smaller and based in Ohio. But A-N-D-E is the ticker there. So there's a lot going on and there are places to find value. You're just not gonna find it in Zoom, but you may find some value, relative value in some of the things or some of the other tech stocks compared to other um, competitors in the space where uh, they're being ignored or just disliked, so to speak, in the case of something like Facebook, right? That's just like, ew, Facebook, no. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't take a second look. Sometimes the ones that are hated are the ones that, you know, have the most upside there because they are, you know, uh, not liked on the street, so to speak. So keep that in mind. And there is value. And you got to find, you know, where they are and what areas are still out of favor. Now, I didn't mention energy at all. I could do a whole podcast on that and how out of favor that is. We all know that's out of favor. That's going to take a strong stomach to hold on to those. I own a couple of the EMPs in my own personal portfolio. I am hanging on, but it's been iffy <laughs> the last couple of months. It's been a tough one to hang on or to continue to add to positions there. That is a toughie too. But that's what being a value investor is all about, is recognizing the underlying value of the business that you are buying, because we are buying the business, right? So buy that home builder business, buy that fertilizer business, buy those relatively cheaper tech stocks that, you know, are out of favor for some reason and that people mock you for buying on the chat boards those are where the value is. So let me recap the tickers for today's episode. So I did talk about immune therapeutics. They're being bought out and the shares aren't going to go anywhere. It's ticker AIMT if you want to just go look at the chart, but don't buy it because Nestle's going to buy it out for all cash in a couple months. So that's not going anywhere. But we did talk about some of the things. We had Facebook, FB, Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L. I mentioned Netflix. It's the priciest among them. Um, on a price to sales ratio, G, uh, NFLX is that one. Then uh, we had Intel on the chip side, INTC, Pulte Homes, PHM, uh, Nutrien, NTR, and I mentioned some of its competitors, Mosaic, MOS, Andersons, ANDE. Oh, I forgot, CF Industries, that's on the nitrogen side, and that is ticker CF. So you want to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm trying to bring you as much value as I can, even though it's dark times for us, but maybe not quite so dark as we think, right? It just means we have to be better investors, but we can be. So you want to subscribe. You can find us on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, and we're now on Ghana over in India. So if you're in India and you want to get all the value stocks here in the United States and what's going on with it, subscribe on Ghana. But otherwise, uh, you can find us on a lot of other platforms. Just type us into Google and I'll be back next week with some more value stocks.
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.